Saucers. It's the season finale of season two. This is episode 22. And of course we go, oh, the bang. And for me and Molly, what that means is we cover a lot of topics, but very important and fun and good topics. We talk about Women's History Month. Um, We also discuss our focus and vision for season three. And we end with quite a bit of time on the McKinsey and Lean In Org's eighth report on women in the workplace. Really good report, really interesting statistics, and you won't want to miss it. And while yes, season two is coming to an end, hang tight because we do have a lot in store for season three and we've even got a rebrand. So keep your eyes peeled on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn for it. Thank you so much, Saucers, for making this community and podcast happen. Hi, and welcome to the Sauce Podcast, where you will meet your hosts, Molly McKinstry and me, Liz Hajar. We are two colleagues turned friends who worked together in tech sales for nearly 10 years. Throughout those 10 years, we grew a lot personally and professionally. Today, Molly runs a sales org at a tech startup. She lives in Denver, Colorado with four children. I live in London and I'm running a sales team and for Northern Europe of a tech startup as well. Molly and I are different in many ways, but share the same values and drive. And that is how we built a wonderful friendship. While we no longer work together at the same company, we put our heads together and dreamed up the Sauce Podcast. We wanted to have a platform that would build a community where we and others share all their business tips, tricks, and perspectives we or they have learned along the way. So saucers, tune in each week as Molly and I share business tips and tricks and have fun with us along the way. Hi, Lizzie. Molly, it is our season two finale. So can you believe it? It's here. Season two coming to a close. I know. I can't believe it. And I feel like our listeners must know when like we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. I'm like, Mo, we got so much to catch up on. So I I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, if this is our season finale, we have to end with a bang. So obviously we have to touch on our girl T Swift. Oh my goodness. Era's tour is, is happening. I think what she's had three shows so far, maybe three or four, definitely Arizona and definitely Vegas. Vegas. I'm not sure if it was one or two nights at each place, but yes, um, it is just everywhere. And I, she's just, I can't even, I can't even handle it. No. And I didn't know, like, you know, I don't have tickets for the Eras tour. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but a gal at work offered to try to get me some, but I wasn't sure what she was going to do because, you know, I love the eras of Taylor Swift. It's like the eras of our lives, Molly, you know, right, and um, right, right. And she's doing like three plus hour set plus and like 45 songs. Oh, no joke. Yeah. I saw 16 outfit changes, 44 songs playing for almost three and a half hours. Dude. And I just have to say, you know, obviously I think everybody followed that there was like a huge debacle in getting tickets to her show. And I think actually she's like, there's a lawsuit now with Ticketmaster because she trusted them and all this stuff. But I, I have to say for her to go out there and put on a three and a half hour show for her fans and play 44 songs like that. I appreciate that. And I feel like she knows people have spent so much money and traveled and and done all these things. So like, I just love that she's bringing it. 
Exactly. Like she is being the artiste and saying thank you for coming. And I think she said how like she's been dreaming about this era's tour forever. So yeah. a lot of great content out there on the Instagram and the TikTok and the YouTubes. Um, I know. It's great. Well, I, I will admit, and I, I'm not sure if the saucers know this, I do have tickets to oh. go to the Denver show on July 16th. I know. I'm, I'm very, very excited. But I... Am not allowing myself to actually watch too yeah. many of the clips and too much of it because I I don't know I I want it to be um, a surprise and I want it to feel like you know when I'm there and experiencing it for the first time but it is hard because geez every single time I open Instagram it's just the Boom. whole the whole thing is is Taylor and all her gorgeous glitter and all her outfits and uh, it's just so how incredible. It's great. And like we talk about Taylor on here because like we've grown up with Taylor and love her. And as we become more like you know, adults and, and, uh, and uh, getting up in our upper 30s, still love. But what I think is really cool about Taylor too and the fan base that she has, I mean, her fan base is incredible. But one huge thing here on the sauce is it's Women's History Month, you know, and it was uh. International Women's Day in early March. And I think the one thing about Taylor that I've absolutely respected and loved is what a strong female presence that she is to mm-hmm. her fans. And she is who she is. And she's not trying to conform to society, you know, what society wants her to be. And she's not afraid to speak how she feels about things, about how she feels about, you know, this guy who's took her record label and or recordings yeah. and feels like he's making money off her. But I just love how she has always been willing to to be her true self. Yeah. And to fight for what she believes in. And I think that's so important. And I think women need that type of role model. And I'm glad that she's, you know, a star out there who's doing that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that she also has been completely stereotyped and kind of typecasted as, you know, and granted, she started her career young. I mean, I think her first single, she was 15 or 16 years yeah. old. But people formed this opinion of her, you know, that she was a little girl. She only sang about boys that broke her heart and or her heart. And I, I think it's almost been hard for people to take her seriously because if, if they haven't spent time listening to her music or, or understanding how she actually operates her business, they have this stereotype of her. And I do get passionate and like defensive of Taylor Swift because it is kind of connects to this overall, I don't know, I just think like stigmatism that that women face of just because she, you know, sings about boys that break her heart doesn't mean she's a weak person and, you know, doesn't mean that she's not strong-willed. And and if anything, you know, and I think in, in a lot of her more recent albums, you hear songs about how much fire and grit and fight that she has. Yeah. But I just think, you know, the general population has decided, you know, that she's just a ditzy, poppy, heartbreak singer that, you know, they're not going to take seriously. And I, I just couldn't disagree with that more. And I get really fired up about it. Right. Like we're here, like, you know, we could get into it, but Molly, like I love and like the business she runs, that woman is no joke. Unbelievable. 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 And I think like, you know, people could sit here and be like, oh, girls, Taylor Swift, but it's like, no, because I actually saw an interview with her. Like it was a clip from, you know, many, many years ago. And it, what it said was, it was her saying, the clip is just her, it's like CBS morning. It's just her, a clip that I saw. And she goes, I'm not 
edgy, cool, sexy. And the interviewer goes, well, what are you? And Taylor has been, you know, came up in the time a little bit after the Britney Spears, the Christina Aguilera, where, where sexy, edgy, cool was all that the image was. Yeah, it wasn't right. really, do you have a personality and a thought and an opinion and do your words and your songs mean something? And she said, I'm not that. And I said, well, what are you, Taylor? And she said, I'm smart, hardworking, and imaginative. And mm. in pop culture, those are the three adjectives that aren't really idolized. You know, that's what they right, you know, that's prioritized. Nice. Yes. And I love the career that she's had being smart, hardworking, and imaginative, um, as well as sexy, edgy, cool. Go, Taylor. But like, I just think, again, and I just think looking at a woman who runs an incredible business, staying true to herself, I think we all need to remember that. And that's why I we got to kick off a little tour. Yeah, we got to kick off with a little Eras tour. And you, as you said, it is women, Women's History Month. And I know we do want to, for our season finale today, actually do like a quick uh, touch back on season two and why the sauce means so much to each of us and, and give you all a preview of what's coming for season three. And then we do want to wrap and, and touch on kind of women in the workplace from 2022 and, and what we're seeing and hearing and, you know, what, what we can bring into 23 of those learnings. But I would just say on the Women's History Month, I was thinking about it, Liz, when, when you and I were just talking about this episode. And I, everyone knows, have three daughters, and I'm also one of three daughters in, in yes, my family. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I just like had this, and I have such dear, wonderful friends from college, you know, from working, from momming. And it's like, man, the women in my life are just such an enormous force and a, such a huge presence. And I love that we are just dedicating space and time to honoring that and, and really recognizing it. And same with you. I mean, your sister and Lynn and all of the friends and all the women in your life, it's like just what a powerful group and community to be a part of. Yes. And I think we look, you know, we're only in our upper thirties, but you look over the years of how much more women have had a voice and been able to have a say, et cetera. Um, I look at my grandmother, you know, she's 93 now. Um, she owned businesses, et cetera. But I just think it's incredible to look at where women were and where they've been over the years and what we continue to do, because I think there is still some discrepancy between just speaking gender wise, male and female gender, there's still discrepancy there. So I think it's important. And I love that we're shedding light on the incredible women in our lives. Um, and what women continue to do. I think it's very important. Yeah. Oh, I, I just so, so agree. And, I, you know, thinking about my daughters, Lily, Quinn, and Sadie, and thinking about, you know, what we're, where we're taking the sauce and what we want to do yeah. uh, really with this focus on empowering women. And we'll talk more about that. It's like, gosh, I just, you know, I look at them and, and feel like how I, I hope they never have a moment of, of doubt or questioning themselves and their confidence and what they can do. And man, you know, if we can raise them so that that is how they believe and show up in the world, um, you know, it's, it's pretty inspiring. I love that ball. And I think that that is, you know, and, and do I doubt myself? Yeah. You know, sometimes daily, sometimes I'm on it. I'm feeling confident. So, but I think it is incredible to have that community. And I think that actually takes us into, if we, if we shift to a look into our season three and kind of a look back on, on season two. So as many of you saucers know, and thank you for being from the beginning or middle of the journey with us, when Molly and I started the podcast, we're like, let's start a podcast. Um, and you know, every year, this is a lot of, it's a lot of scheduling <laughs> and outside of our, of our normal flow of getting this, of getting everything recorded, getting everything edited and live. 
Um, and so when we talked, we sat down and said, yep, we want to do a season three. I'm really excited to do a season three, but I also have taken a moment in the past few weeks to kind of reflect back on the sauce and thought it might be worth sharing me, Maul, you share too. Yeah. When we yeah. look back on the past two seasons and a little bit of why and what we want for season three, I thought it might be worth might be worth sharing with the with the audience because again, you guys have been the reason why we want to keep going what we what we love. So well, and also I love you, Maul. So you know, yeah. but um, maybe we share a little bit of a look back or like thoughts on the sauce the past couple seasons and what maybe what you're excited for in season three. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, you start. Yeah, maybe what your season two look back. Yeah, season two look back. So. Like like Liz, you know, I've had some time to reflect on the last two seasons of The Sauce and, and what we want to bring for season three. And when people ask me, you know, oh, it's so cool that you have a podcast or how do you have time to have a podcast or, you know, you get all sorts of reactions. Um, I just really have been able to reflect that part of the reason I wanted to do this, Liz, and specifically with you is because I do think we had this incredibly special and like formative work experience together. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about it. We worked together for almost a full decade and, and we started at a company in very similar roles and at a very similar time, just a few months, you know, within one another start yeah. date. Um, and it was, we had this opportunity to be a part of a really, really fast growing business that was changing and doubling and all of the things. Yeah. But Liz really was, you were my just soundboard on all of it. And at that, at that time we worked together in person every single day. And so we would, you know, walk around the building or we would walk to the grocery store and get lunch. We'd or whisper we whisper at our desks you know, or I'd whisper yeah. at your desk and cannot be doing that anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I think back on, well, this was 2011, 2012, 2013. And it was, such a formative time in my career and you played such a huge role in that. And I now think of, okay, what, 12, 13 years later, we're now working fully remotely. Many people are the chance to kind of interact with colleagues in that way. Sure. It exists in, in some roles and professions, but I don't know that it does um, at least in tech and in the way that we got to experience it then. So I think of, I am so thankful that I have you and I hope that the sauce for anybody who maybe doesn't have that work person that they can go vent on a walk with or call at nine o'clock at night because they just got an email and like they're <laughs> they're rattled by it, right? That maybe we on the sauce can create and be that community for you. I feel so fortunate, Liz, to have you and to have found you and to have you be that person for me. But in the event that others don't maybe have that person yet, you know, my hope is that they can come to the sauce and feel like you and I are are that for them. Mall, I absolutely love. Thank you so much for saying that, and I think I just thank you so much for saying that. And I think I, you know, um, after spending so much time together, I was like, Mall, we learned a lot from each other. We will stay in touch. We will do all of that, you know. But life does get busy, and so I think this podcast has helped us stay in touch so much. 
And I think I underestimated, you know, I've got the small, I can do this, I can go to another company. And I'm like, no, no, I miss Molly. This, this the beginning of the year has been tough for me, to be honest, um, yeah. professionally and personally in some ways. And I know that if I had Molly to be able to call or go on a walk with or something like that would be incredible. So I love that you say that's what you want the sauce to be, is that we are that for you or this community as we try to expand it and grow it is that for you. I love that mall. And thank you so much for being that person for me. I like wouldn't have made it anywhere near as far oh. without you. I mean, we, I, I don't know that we wouldn't have made it, but I think it, it would have That's been kind. harder and look differently. You know, one other just closing thought on this. I love so much when this, you all, the saucers tell us you listen to an episode and a lot of the feedback that you share is that it feels like, you know, you're just on a walk with us or you're sitting across from the, the table and having coffee with us. And to me, going back to, I think, our goals of being real and authentic and just kind of unapologetically who we are, yeah. that, that is such a gift that you feel like you're listening to us on the sauce and just having time with Maul and, and Lizzie because yeah. what what more you know could we ask for than you all to come and spend that, this time with us? I love that. Exactly. It like want to be a real authentic selves and you guys get in it. So love that. Yeah. Well, one, yeah. One other thing that I'll add about the sauce to me as I was reflecting back on it, because there's times, I mean, I love it, but there's just times it gets busy and we've, we've got a lot going on. Um, but what I would add to is I was on a panel for like, um, it was actually for, um, I was on a panel to speak about what is it? Diverse career paths. I can't think of the word. We're like we nonlinear paths. We all okay. think when we are when we're at, fresh out of school, high school, college, you know, A levels, whatever it might be. We all university. We all sit and we're like, okay, we're gonna go rise the ranks and we're gonna do this. But like life, like your profession, it's nonlinear. It's not A to Z. You know what I mean? Or A to Z. It's it's things can happen and change. And when I was on this panel, I was talking about actually. I, I talked about the sauce. And I said, the thing that I love about being on the sauce, I'm with one of my favorite friends, great friends and favorite, great colleague who um, we've been we've been through a lot, but we're only in the middle of our careers. We are not just starting out with tons of questions. We, we're not at the end having a lot of questions answered and reflecting back. We're in the middle of it where we've been through some stuff, but there's a lot more to come and there's a lot of learnings happening. So what I also love about the sauce is like we're middle of the road in our career and we still got stuff to learn, but we've also got stuff to share. And I mm -hmm. love that because I feel like I'm kind of learning throughout th throughout the sauce, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you and I talked about that, that truly some of the conversations that we have here, whether it's been about imposter syndrome, whether it's about, you know, avoiding burnout, whether it's, uh, you know, refreshing your work from home routine, yeah. like you and I have both said, we take feedback and advice from these conversations and try to then bring it and apply it to our day to day, which yeah. is, you know, also, I think, a, a good reminder to everybody that we're, we are not sitting here as like a retired experts who have just, no. you know, let, let, let us tell you of, you know, how, how we did it. We are day in and day out showing up and, and trying to continue trying. to do it. And yeah. Trying to get better, trying to grow. So it's, it's really fun to kind of have this just again, um, forum to have the conversation. Yeah. And the last piece on that is when Ashley Carter came on and talked about perfectionism. And, and honestly, I think anxiety kind of loops into perfectionism, if I'm being honest. I actually thought doing this and putting my thoughts out on the airwaves. And today, actually, we have a little spicy topic. I'm feeling a little fired up about it as we get to the end of that um, Women in the Workplace report. Um, so we'll see how I do. But I I feel like I've been pretty, probably not as opinionated as I 100% could be, but I feel like I'm pretty authentic on the sauce. Um, and I thought that my imposter syndrome might, or my anxiety might show up about like, I'm putting something out there 
there. That means I have to show up perfectly in the workforce. But I've actually felt like, mm-hmm. you know what, might be saying something on the sauce and might not be perfect in the workplace. And, and it, again, to your point, Molly, it, having these conversations of like, what, what could good look like or what should we strive to be helps me in my day to day. But I'm actually proud of myself for not holding myself to this, you know, unrealistic standard based on what we talk about here. So if any of my reps are listening and they're like, Liz, you don't do this. It's like, I know I'm, I might not be perfect, but <laughs> you know, I, so I think like, I'm, I'm just proud also that I have not let my anxiety kind of weigh me down throughout this process. And I don't think that I'm not being real on here by any means, but to your point, Maul, we're still in it and out of it every day yeah. and learning and growing. So I think that that's what I've, um, also really enjoyed. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. getting fired up for what's to come in season three. I know. I love it. Well, and maybe let's talk about that because yeah. I think we had shared with you all that Liz and I got to spend like a half a day together in Denver at the end of December, which was just such an absolute treat. Still kind so of shocked that it happened. Yes. And we really sat down and brainstormed and and thought a lot about, you know, who we are and what we want the sauce to be and what we want the sauce to represent and who we want the sauce to be for. And it it really just kind of continued to orient, orient around this idea of empowering women in and outside of work. So yes, obviously a lot of, you know, what Liz and I talk about here is connected to our careers, but at the same time, you know, we live a lot of life outside of the jobs that we hold, right? Obviously, of course, everyone knows I'm a mom and wife and really try to be as as actively involved and present in my kids' lives as I possibly can. Um, and Liz has such a full flourishing life in in London, you know, with a with a partner and a family that, like that you just love and are so close to in, in all over the world, literally. Yes. It's so, yeah. International yeah. life, traveling, you know, and just like finding your balance of work and my personal life, you know? Yes. And I think we we want to get really clear and crisp on what's our why. And truly our why, as we've already talked about, authentic, um, authenticity is just being as real and truthful about who we are and hopefully helping women specifically find that same truth and that same confidence and that same just true like power in every single day, whether it is in a board meeting, whether it is leading a training, whether it is, you know, ramping up in a new role yourself, or whether it's doing some mom stuff, doing some partner stuff, doing some sibling stuff, whatever it is. Like whatever. Yeah. Like, Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think it's, we want to talk about empowering women inside and outside of work. And that does not mean that our content is not going to be wonderful for men, non-gender descriptive, none of that, but it's going to be focused on empowering women inside and outside of working life. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And we have a lot that we want to cover and a lot that we, we hope to, you know, bring to you all in terms of topics and guests, but I think we, you know, we've said before, we would just love, love, love your continued engagement, your yeah. feedback, your, you know, reactions, responses. If you love an episode, share it with a friend. You know, right now, we, this is a very much a grassroots effort trying, you know, to build yeah. So would just love and welcome all, all the support. If anything you hear you like and you think others would like, we would absolutely welcome you passing it along. Yes. And while we're just plugging, um, I can at least speak to Spotify. I don't know on Apple. I'm just going to say it, guys. We need you to leave. We're, you know, if, it's a fault, if you love us and feel comfortable leaving a five-star review, on Spotify, literally, when you just go to us, there's a star sitting there. It says rating. Click it. Just tap it. 
you can hit five and then you're done. We have now gotten, we have to break 10 to have it show up. We now have like 13. So we would love if you take a moment nice. if you're on a walk right now, you can just, if you're driving, don't do it. But if you're on a walk, you can just hit rating and do five stars. It helps us in like actually one, just star ratings help. Um, and one line reviews help with our SEO to pop up more and more. Um, and season three, we're really going to try to be consistent on YouTube. So you guys can, um, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Oh, so fun. Lots of fun. Um, Well, thank you all for being here for season two. We're excited for what we can bring you in season three. And I feel like, Lizzie, this is a good segue to transition into a little bit of a women in work in the workplace. Yeah. uh, from 2022. So I feel like, exactly. It's it's Women's History Month. We're talking about empowering women in season three. We touched on our gal taste, T. Swift. So actually in March, um, I actually think it was in March, I think maybe a couple weeks ago though, but McKinsey and McKinsey Consulting Company um, and Lean In Org every year. So this is the eighth year that they've put together a report about women in the workplace for 2022. So that was last year, you know, they published it in 2023, but it's all based on last year data. So they actually had more than 40,000. There was about 40,000 people who were interviewed and it was women with diverse identities. And there was 333 organizations that were a part of this guy. So quite Mm -hmm. a big group that they go and they survey on women in the workforce, what's working, what's not. And there's some interesting findings. And I think that we should touch on the, the main three mall we can just talk a little bit about it and maybe throughout it, some of our experiences will come out. Maybe some of just our thoughts. And I've got a little passion today. Like I said, a little fire. So um, maybe <laughs> we'll touch on the report is really long and we'll post it so that you guys can go, all of you saucers can go look at it. Um, but we'll touch on the big three themes and there's a whole bunch of data that supports it. And some, some interesting findings that yes, there's some things moving in the right direction, but we're just not there yet. We're just yeah. still not there on equal representation of women in the workforce versus men, as well as women of color and LGBTQ was also, you know, even less than women, um, white, straight women in the workforce. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on being passionate about the topic and I think it's okay to, to be opinionated and to, you know, really share how it makes us feel. Yeah. We want we want to be truthful and, and authentic. Well, so let's, Let's start with the with kind of first. Yeah. Do you want to summarize the three and we can kind of go into each one? Yep. So the three are kind of like some of the big the big things. If you guys want to get deeper into the report, this is what they do. Number one is the broken rung remains unfixed. And we can get into that. Okay. Next is more women leaders are leaving their companies. And then the third is, I want to find it right here. Hang tight. Is that women are seeking a different work culture. They want a company that's more committed to DEI and and B and wanting to be able to grow and have flexibility with their company. So broken rungs, not fixed. Um, women are leaving the workforce and women want more from their companies. Yep. A, a different, a different culture of work. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I have to admit none of those surprise me. I know. And that's like, though, right. Yeah. N- none of those surprise me. And what, I, I think is important to talk about is, okay, why? Why are those things not surprising? And if we do want to be part of the change and do want to be part of, you know, the group of women that changes this, what does that look like? So yes. I think for the broken rung, you know, what, is, what does that actually mean? And, and what the report says is this is, to Liz's point, the eighth consecutive year that they've taken a look at this data, a broken rung at the first step of to manager 
is something that is holding women back currently. And specifically for every hundred men who are promoted from an entry-level role into a manager position, only 87 women are promoted. And then to Liz's point, even less or so um, when you're looking at diversity stats. So women of color represent only 82. And this basically means that men significantly outnumber women at the manager level. And it, it kind of begins this yeah. This snowballing of it's it's very hard for women to catch up because there are simply too few women to promote into these leadership positions, right? So that's the definition of what does it mean that the broken rung remains unfixed and, and simply more men are getting promoted than than women today? Yep. And a couple things about that. And then what happens is, is because it starts at the bottom, I think it's 87 to every 100 men that get promoted to first line leadership, 87 women, and then it's 82 women of color, I believe is what it is. So the problem is though, as women grow and go higher up the ranks, more and more fall out. It's one point they said that if a woman goes, if three women are at director level for every woman that goes up to the next step from director, probably third line manager, let's say, and goes up, excuse me, second line manager and goes up to third line manager, for every one that goes up to third line manager, past director, two fall out. And that's because of wanting flexible work, et cetera. But this broken yeah. run thing, how I feel mm-hmm. about this is I think, and the report talks about this, is we hold women to a higher standard. And a lot of times there's microaggressions towards women. Um, they need to be doing more or some of the time that they're spent on things outside of their current job aren't looked at as positive. And I feel like oftentimes in the workforce, this is a little bit of my opinion, not from the report, People feel comfortable giving women feedback and women are told their whole lives, you know, sit still, look pretty and just do what you're supposed to do. And so women get feedback and go do great things, but who's pushing and supporting them Mm -hmm. to say, you are doing great things outside of your day to day. You should be promoted. And I just feel like women get these, "Mm, do more, you need to do more. And women just kind of are conditioned to say, okay, how do I do more? I'll do more. Well, and this uh, McKinsey does highlight that women leaders are are overworked and underrecognized compared to their male peers. And th- this is by no means, you know, me saying that I, I don't think, you know, men are deserving of promotions they get or yep. that um, I, I don't love seeing, you know, men in these senior positions, but it's women should be in them as equally and be given the same experience and the same kind of fairness and process in order to get there. Right. And, and, and what the, the same data says, yeah. And what the data says is that's currently not the case. Um, you know, a lot of women report feeling more stretched and taking on outside projects and kind of raising their hand to do more and do more. And Liz having a little bit of like a reality check moment, because you and I have talked about that a lot yeah. in terms of the progression of our own career, just constantly ha- saying yes, raising our hands and saying yes, even if we didn't have the bandwidth, even if we didn't have really the capacity to do it, we would just continually raise our hands and ask for more because, you know, we believed that would help get us where we wanted to go. And and I will speak for myself personally, I have been very lucky that that has been my experience, but it's not everybody's. And, um, you know, it it can be really draining. And this leads to burnout when women specifically can feel like they're taking on more. They have all, you know, these additional kind of extracurricular projects that they're being asked to do at work, but none of them actually directly connect to how they may be evaluated for a promotion. Um, And then, you know, they feel under-recognized. 
I mean, the under-recognized, which leads to burnout, you know, um, and I feel like on another episode, we talked about that. But I think how I feel about this broken love thing is just, yeah, exactly, Maul, it's raise hand, do more. Yep, sure, I'll take it on because I, I, you know, if I push back, kind of how, you know, Taylor Swift's like, I'm not any of those things. This is what I am. I think sometimes women are conditioned to be a certain way. So if you're listening, want women to think about what you're taking on and make sure you have the capacity to take it on. But if you have the ability, so probably some type of leader in your company, and you're a part of a promotion process looking at, you know, a male and a female in this perspective, Molly, to your point, love men and want my men promoted just as much as women. But I'd like to make that number that gap of 87 to 100. Let's close that. And I think what I would ask for any of you saucers that are sitting in a promotion room, are you holding women and men to the same standard when you're looking at promoting. And I think that's something that we can do. If we have this platform that we can do something, that is what I would ask is when you check yourself, women and men, you know, all of us, check yourself when you're looking at two people to be promoted. Are you holding the same standards of what has been of the accomplishments and tasks and projects that they've taken on outside of their day to day? If you're holding one to it, are you holding the other ones to it too? Yeah, yeah. I think all really good feedback. And I would also just say, even women, I I think inadvertently um, or or unintentionally or subconsciously, do this to other women, right? Like this is yeah. I don't think just a um, a man is not willing to promote a woman or a man is is less likely to recognize um, a woman for taking on more. Uh, women can do that to women as well. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously we've, we've also talked about allyship on, on the sauce and just the importance of everything you just said, Liz, like make sure you're being accountable to fairness, to consistency, that it it is gender agnostic and you are not, um, you know, thinking of any kind of standard being different based on whether someone is a man or woman, let's look at the work that they've done. Let's look at, you know, the contributions that they've brought and make sure we're not, you know, being biased. Great, Molly. And in the report, I don't know that it mentioned um, exactly to your point, women, you know, are doing this and men are doing it. Interesting that they said in the report that women leaders are checking in more on people's well-being and checking in on how are you doing. So they talked about that, but Mal, very fair point. And that's why I kind of say saucers, men and women listeners, the men and women saucers, think about it when you're holding someone to that to help that broken wrong. So to yeah, there, totally. and I think there's some things we totally. can do. Yeah, so yeah. we can go from there, Mal, into the other one is how women leaders are feeling overworked and under-recognized. Um, they just feel like they do a lot more to support employee well-being and foster DEI and B. And that is some of the work that's not being recognized to help them propel their career up. And they're getting burnt out from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this definitely makes sense to me. And again, not very surprising. And I, I just already alluded to, you know, I think being the kind of person that has always said, I'll do it or take on more and, and being surrounded by a lot of women who demonstrate that as well. I think it's really, really important as you all in your careers think about raising your hand for something or are, or are interested in taking on more than what just is within quote unquote, your job description, make sure you're really clear about what the importance of that work is and how that work is going to be evaluated in kind of the totality of your your experience at your company. And I, I don't mean that it's got to be like a tit for tat. Hey, well, if I'm going to do this, what am I going to get for it? Or, yeah. hey, if I'm going to sign up to lead this project, 
what what's what's in it for me i that is not at all you know something like culturally i would stand for i i do think that there's like this kind of just being that that gritty go for go first leader persona that i i do not want people to shy away from however it is really important that with your trusted mentor with your trusted leader that you are having conversations and you are sharing recaps of the work you're doing and that if you are feeling at any point like hey this is starting to feel like I'm doing more than those around me and I'm not that doesn't feel good mm-hmm. pause and you got to get that addressed you have to get that addressed before you're just taking on project after project after project and you look back 6 months 12 months later and you're you're angry you're resentful you're burnt out yeah. And projects might not even be getting completed because there's too many. And I think, Maul, that's a really good example. I will just touch on this is throughout my career, some women actually have come to me and said, hey, Liz, I want to get promoted either to the next level in my role or into leadership. And they've been a part of certain committees that might be like, you know, helping bring fun to the office and all that. I think that stuff is very important. But sometimes sometimes you start to let go of a little bit of that as you move on to other things. I am not saying senior leaders cannot be a part of having fun in the office. Okay, I think we need them to be doing that. But also, Tamali, to your point is, how do you also balance what you do so you don't get burnt out? And what things do you do that are going to help you grow and stretch for your next role and get the visibility into what you uh, to what you are doing? And so sometimes I'll talk to people about like, what are you currently involved in? And at this point, it's okay to walk away from some of it and to take the next step. That's really going to help you get into that next that next position from growing you pushing you, learning more, different exposure than what yep. you're doing. And it's okay to retire from some things that you were doing in the past. So that's another, yes. like, I like what you said, Maul, a lot. And that's kind of one thing that came to my mind. Yeah. And I think that, gosh, this goes back to the perfect perfectionism um, episode as well with Ashley, where she kind of talks about, you know, many overachievers, many high achievers who have found a bunch of success kind of have done so reliant on these perfectionist tendencies. And there's there can be this part of you that's thinking, well, gosh, I've never not raised my hand to take on more, or I've never not stayed up all night to make sure my report is perfect. Or right, like we we have these patterns and we have these things that we do, which then lead to a version of success. But I, I think what Ashley's feedback, which I, I loved and I often go back to and remind myself is the way that we have found success so far doesn't have to be the the path or the only path forward. So I just think it's a good reminder of like, if we're hearing that women feel underrecognized and overworked, and if maybe possibly you yourself are one of those women, let's take stock in how you got there and why and yeah. c- commit to something changing whether whether it is actually your job or your boss or your company cuz like you feel that you're so far off from a value perspective where you need to be but maybe it doesn't have to be that grandiose and maybe it's instead hey next time i sign up for a project I'm going to ask proactively, you know, for a readout to the committee so I can show them what I've done. And I'm not going to let people, you know, not recognize me for my work. And so to make sure that doesn't happen again, I'm going to ask for X, Y, Z. And I will say, I think it can be scary, but we always say to be bold. And I and I encourage you saucers, as Molly said, if you don't have your partner in crime at work, we're here to tell you you we're here to tell you that you can 
do it. And it's a little bit scary, but you have the right to ask for this stuff. You have the right yeah. to ask for your boss's ear, et cetera. And so we want to encourage you to do it. I, I can't remember if I have already shared this quote and uh, forgive me if my ha- if I have, but I just, I read this and I love it. And I think about it all the time. Um, I'm not going to say it perfectly, but it's something like if you're waiting to be rescued, if you're waiting for someone to just show up in your life and rescue you from the path that you are on, that person is yourself. Like, and I just always hear that of like, whoa, okay. And, and again, we're here not to say that, um, as, as women, we just have to do more. And as women, you just have to rescue yourself. That that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is if you are not feeling recognized, or fulfilled in your work, there is probably nobody better equipped to change that path than that you are on that is currently unfulfilling than yourself. And it is scary. And to Liz's point, it requires being bold, but your the people around you who are benefiting from all the extra work you're doing and all the over the top output you're producing, guess what? They don't want you to stop. So they're not going to ask you to change. If that is not working for you and you are feeling unfulfilled by it, guess who's going to rescue you from it? Yourself. Yeah. Because there are incredible leaders, you know, or colleagues that will rescue and say, listen, you're doing too much. Yeah. But yeah. they're but when you don't have that, Molly, exactly, it's it's you've gotta end it so that to avoid the burnout. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Gosh. And my call, my call is if you are <laughs> a colleague or a leader that sees this, please find your way into helping support yeah. these people and maybe even say like, hey, you've taken on a lot. Can I help you? Or have you chatted with your leader about this? Because maybe a couple things you could say are this. And I just think we all need to be here helping each other. I think that yeah. if we want to close some of these gaps that we're talking about, I think we need to have our own ownership 100%. And I think we can yeah. support one another. Yeah. And the, and the last one that, you know, I don't think we're probably going to dive into as much is just the, the cultural, you know, the, the reality of the culture that women are looking for in work. And I think that this is, gosh, I, I, I wish that this was all human beings candidly and not just women, because it, I think we are seeing that the, the way that we work has evolved and needs to evolve and will continue to, to evolve. And, you know, from the pandemic of 2020, maybe that is one of the silver linings that it really pushed on how much we expect from workers relative to living like the totality of their life as parents, as siblings, as partners, as roommates, like work is a role that we play, but it, it, for a long time, it has been the most dominant, the most prominent, and the one that everything gets sacrificed as a result of. And, you know, what this data says is that women are really pushing for a different culture and a different experience now connected to work. It doesn't, it doesn't want, we don't want this, now I'm a work person, right? Like that, that, that doesn't work. Exactly. It was, it was really interesting how much, I, I don't know, because maybe as a, as a woman, that's one that I, I want flexibility, of course, but I don't mind just, I'm talking just one little thing about going to the office, but very interesting. If you look at the report and the data on this, um, how much women are craving flexibility in companies that lean in, lean into DEIMB and like emotional yeah. support um, and yeah. mental health days was something that rated really, really high. So I just want to put that out there because if we are also trying to level up women in the workplace, and this is women 
women of color, LGBTQ, yes. et cetera, all, you know, all diverse backgrounds, we need to do something differently. And that's one big kind of battle call, you know, or battle cry in um, the report is that flexible working ability. So yeah. I think that's something else big that we can talk about it on other episodes, but what we can do to help give that flexibility um, to women. Gosh, this is just such an important conversation. And I think a, a good preview into what's to come for season three. We just, yeah. you know, em- empowering you all, our audience, empowering our sisters, our daughters, our moms, Friends, and all of, yes, yes all, all of the women in our lives. And, um, you know, grateful to do it with a lot of incredible men a- along the way and who who support us and, Love you. you know, want, <laughs> want that. Yeah. 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 The best. And I, I, I interrupted you, Mal, but I just, I do love the men that I have been fortunate to work with and the women. So I think that this episode, thank you for hearing us out on as we go into season three and we want to empower women. Um, we want to empower women, but we also want to remind you to, to be bold. And we hope that we are here to remind you that when you have to make either what can be uncomfortable or tough conversations or decisions. Yeah. And always eat dessert and uh, just, you know, make, make the most of every day. I think it's not easy, but if, if we are in it together, we can. Lizzie, so good to see you. Thanks for an amazing season two. And I can't wait for season three. What a finale. Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.